Thank you very much. <laughs> very sweet of you. Happy Mother's Day to you. And I just wanted to let you know that you all look a little bit older than what I'm used to on a Sunday morning, that is, because I'm naturally, normally, with the kids that are between 4 and 11 years old. So this is a little different. I don't have any snacks to give you. And if you need a potty break, I trust you'll do that on your own. I won't be taking you. But um, seriously, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share and communicate this message to the moms here today. It's a Mother's Day mes message, and I just want to thank all the moms, the stepmoms, the moms that are the grandmas, the aunties. You know, I have people in my life that poured into my kids that are not parents, but they did like a motherly job with them. So if you are in those categories, you know, may you be blessed today. And I appreciate that when we prayed this morning, we prayed for the women that want to be moms. And, and we have high hopes and expectation that God is going to have that happen. And our prayers are that he's going to meet those desires of your heart. So uh, I spoke to almost all of the women, even the ones that are 13 and up. There is something that I hope you can take from my message today that you're not a mom, but maybe you can glean and give it to somebody that's following you, another sister in the Lord. Uh, for the men, uh, maybe you have a mom in your life. Maybe you're married to a mom. Maybe you know somebody that you work with, and maybe what you hear today, you can communicate that to those people in your life to encourage them. Because being a mom is hard, right? Right. Amen. So let's, before we jump in, let's look at some funny memes of what parenting can look like at times. Here's the first one. It's a picture of the first child's room. I mean, everything's in order, and it's clean and pristine, and, you know, you have wall hangings and matching everything. And then the second child comes along, and they get a bed. <laughs> You know, you're not quite so worried about them having everything in order. The next slide, the first time parenting's like, I got this. And then a month in, they're looking kind of like frazzled. And four years, two kids additional later, and they're talking to volleyballs because nobody's listening. You just end up going in the garage and talking to the volleyballs. Here's what it looks like and what it feels like when you lay that infant down. You're just praying that you get out of the room and the floorboard doesn't creak because you know the bomb will go off if they hear that. My friend Jessica, she says, parenting isn't stressful at all. Kind of funny. And our last one, what we thought having more than one child would look like. Now, don't you... Don't you dream about like your kids singing and dancing and just all being in order when they come to church and, you know, standing in line. But what it really ends up looking like is this, a bunch of hyenas that are whapping sticks at each other, you know, and just, just hi yeah, and jumping off couches and just, yeah, it's just, I think we struggle as moms with the real and the ideal, right? We want that Instagrammable moment, that perfect picture of what our families should look like. And let's face it, I want to impress you. 
I want you to think I'm perfect. So therefore, I will take 42 shots of my children until they look perfect and put them on Instagram. But really, it took like 40 minutes to get one nice shot, right? Um, we want things, I think we strive to have things perfect as moms because we want it just right. I want my kids to look perfect in front of you, and I want to look perfect myself. And it reminds me of a funny story when I, um, when we were younger, and we had just two kids in North Braddock campus. Rick was preaching, and at the end of his message, he said, now, I want you all to sit down. We're going to have communion, and we're going to do this in an orderly fashion. The ushers are going to bring the kids in, and they're going to walk quietly to their parents, and then we're going to take communion as you know, a family, and no sooner he gets done, I'm sitting in the front row and I hear, and then, whoops, and then I hear this. And I kind of look out of the corner of my eye, and there's my son running, runs straight across, jumps up, and slams himself in the seat. And there went, there went the ideal walking in and looking orderly, right? I, we couldn't impress anybody. It was over. <laughs> um, and as a mom, I think that we, we need to realize our kids don't want perfect moms. They want real and genuine and honest and true moms. We have the wrong definition of perfect. I think for the longest time, my definition of perfect was flawless and without blemish. But Matthew 5.48 says that we're to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. And that word perfect the Greek word there is meaning whole, and it means that it's um, complete, and it, there's an unfolding. There is a process taking place. There's progress happening in your life. It's about moving to a desired end. And, you know, as a parent, I am hopefully becoming more like Christ. Like, I haven't arrived, even though my kids are older. I hope I'm becoming more like Christ each and every day. And that's the correct definition of being perfect, like our Heavenly Father is perfect. Listen, parenting has some amazing, amazing times for us. And I, I take it like this. Parenting is a wonderful journey, and, but you also have some really high highs and really low lows. I mean, at any one given occasion, you can have great joy and then great guilt. You know, you miss a game, you're at work late, you didn't make the cupcakes like so-and-so's mom made the cupcakes. Um, you didn't call when you should have. You promised that you would pick them up and you forgot them. I mean, the list goes on and on, and guilt kind, kind of comes in. And I know we live our lives sometimes as moms. We, we sin, right? We do things that are not pleasing to God, and we you know, can sometimes carry that guilt around on our shoulders. And I'm telling you, for the longest time, I hated Mother's Day. I'm just being honest. I hated it because it just reminded me of how imperfect I was. And all of my flaws, you know, my kids aren't right. My, you know, maybe some of them aren't living the way they should. And that was probably a result of something that I did wrong. And so Rick would say, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? And I'd be like, nothing. You know, just let me alone. Let's celebrate your mom. Let's celebrate my mom. But let's not celebrate me. Until, you know, I got that word of God in me that says, you know, I need to repent for the things that I did wrong as a mom, receive his forgiveness, and then walk in it, and I'm set, and, and be set free. And uh, I don't need to carry that burden or weight around. That knowledge 
has set me free, and it has the, been the thing that lifts me up and encourages me to this day, that I've, I've pleased my heavenly Father. I've asked for forgiveness, and he forgets about it. So two scriptures that I want to share with you today. One is Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So we all know the builder of the house is like the master builder. You know, God is the master builder. He is built. <laughs> That's just a part of me being back there with the kids. But who remembers the donut man, right? Yes, the donut man. We are old. <laughs> it's not the man down by Dunkin' Donuts. I'm telling you that. Look it up. But he's the master builder. He has a blueprint, and the blueprint is the word of God, right? That's his blueprint for us to follow. The blueprints remind him what he's building, how he's building it, when he's placing the, um, the cement down, when he's going to put the walls up. And it's a lot like this. If you ever have uh, purchased furniture like a desk or a bookshelf and you've gone to try to put it together, you look at the blueprint, right? You look at the picture. You screw things together and then you set it up right and then you realize I put it on backwards and you have to take it all off, but you're using the blueprint, right? God is not just our cons a consult to us. We don't just call him in for special occasions. When things are going really, 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 really bad, then I run over and I say, God, you got to come help me. And he does. And then I run back and say, okay, I got the rest. Because when I get have the rest, it's like I'm laboring in vain. It's empty. It doesn't profit anything. When I do that, it's pointless. And it sometimes ends up costing me more and causing me to have to go back and start all over again. So, Following his plan means that we are going to have a strong and indestructible home. The second scripture on loving our kids well is Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Listen, the wise woman knows that she's building with God's word. She's building on his wisdom. She's getting godly counsel from other people that she loves and trusts. And it's showing up in her attitudes and in her actions and in her words, right? We know that that's sometimes hard to do. Uh, being a foolish woman is easy. Tearing down my house is easy. Um, I mean, I can remember the days that, that I would, he would say something to the kids and I would just be like, he'd turn around and I'd be like, you know, roll my eyes. Well, that just tore my house down. I remember the days he would come home and say, why is everybody so pleasant here? And it hit me. It's because I created the atmosphere in my home. And women, we create the atmosphere in our workplaces, in our homes, wherever we go. It's our attitudes and our actions and our words that make a difference. Like the one time I remember that Rick came home from work and he said, hey kids, how was your day? And one of them yelled out, Fine, once mommy got nice. I was like, you rats, you ratted me out. I don't tell him about your stuff yet, you know? But I did. I, I, I got nice and they saw it. So we want to be wise moms, loving our kids well. What we, do say, what we do and say matter, right? Amen. So let's look at three things on how to love our kids well. So the three things are, you can't give what you don't have. Number two, realize that love takes time. 
And number three, know the season you're in. So the first one, loving your kids well. You can't give what you don't have. If I'm empty, if I'm an empty vessel and I'm pouring into my kids, what am I going to give them? Nothing, right? I'm not going to give them one one thing, because I have nothing to give them. So I have to be immersing myself in God, in his love. And the things that help me do that are these. It's the word. It's reading the word. It's having a devotional time. It's worshiping. You know, half of the days that when I was a younger mom, and even days currently, if I were to sing songs like, I will build my life upon your word, for even five minutes in the morning, it probably would make a great difference for the rest of my day. Getting the worship in, you know, on our own. This is part of being a, a, a wise woman. Praying and praying in the spirit. Listening to podcasts. I mean, back in the day, we had only radio stations to listen to. And we had to, like, tune into them, like, quite quite on time or else we missed it and we would catch it maybe later in the evening. Now we could just go to the podcast and listen to something about how to be a great mom and, and, and it's right there at our fingertips. We need to use that. Women in my life made such a difference to me, to me. For me to be able to love my kids well and to give them what they needed sometimes took other women in my life. And hey, here's a great plug for May the 13th. It's Friday, and it's at 7 o'clock, and we're going to meet here at this campus, and we're going to hear uh, an encouraging word, but it's fellowship, and it's a fun time for us. Any lady can come. Any, any person can come, uh, 13 and up. They can join us and just hang out and get to know other women and encourage you. This is where we find strength within numbers, right? Right? Because who is helping you is an important question. The scripture says in Mark, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And honestly, sometimes it was easier for me to love my neighbor's kids than my own kids. I needed somebody to help me and show me how do I love these kids that are driving me crazy, right? Um, I remember a story, this woman, she would come over my house probably once a week, and she would just just encourage me for one hour. Read, read a scripture to me, ask me how I'm doing, keeping me accountable. And I, one time I just said, well, I've had it. All I ever do is yell. I don't know how to correct these kids without yelling. And, you know, I, I'm not loving them well because I'm yelling well. And she said, well, Natalie, you know, people ride bikes. And when they ride their bikes, sometimes they put training wheels on when they don't know how to ride. And they go up and down the street and nobody ever looks at them and says, wow, that's weird. Why are they riding with training wheels? Because everybody understands that they're learning to ride a bike. And eventually, someday, those wheels will come off and you'll be riding freely. Well, why can't we do that with our spiritual lives? So she challenged me. You know, you've never heard yourself speak to your kids in a normal voice. You just, you just yell. So why don't you just pretend when the kids are all out of the house I probably looked like I was a little bit nuts. But um, I talk out loud and say, so-and-so, come here, you know, and then talk in a normal voice. Here's what you did. Here are the consequences. And this is what the results are going to be. So I remember she challenged me to do that over and over again, like riding that bike, to get better as a mom. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I remember 
actually doing it. And the kids would look at me like, like, what'd you do with my mom? Why are you not yelling? You know, so I'm like, it works. So that's so important for us to have women that we can count on to help us. Um, the second thing is realize that it takes time. It's your three prime times, and they are your drive time, your meal time, and the bedtime. So say that with me. Drive time, meal time, bedtime. When you're driving, turn off your radio. Don't listen to your podcast then. Listen to your children. Talk to them. Even when they say we don't want to talk, talk to them anyway. Ask them how they're doing. Meal times. I mean, we always had so much fun. We're not perfect by any means. Believe me, when I'm sharing these stories, they're just ideas that we purposefully planned. Meals would be four to five times a week together. We said, we're, we're just doing this. And if that means it Seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night, we're eating dinner. That's when we're eating dinner. If it means out on a field after a baseball game, we're all having hot dogs. That's dinner. But we did fun things with them. We read chapter books and we, we played stupid, silly games like let's all hold hands now and, you know, dad, he'll start, he'll squeeze and nobody's allowed to look. So he'll squeeze my hand maybe six times in the next five, four, three, two, one. And when, when you felt that one squeeze, you were the prayer person. You know, this was just fun stuff that we did to invest. It does take time. Asking questions. Hey, what's the best part of your day? Or teaching them to ask questions. And the third time, of course, is our bedtime. Um, the prime time, major time when the kids are like coming down, calming down, getting into bed. That's when most of their questions like come up in their mind. And, you know, we would pray and put them to bed and kiss them goodnight. And I know that, you know, it's important to invest time. But I think there was a season where Rick and I kind of like challenged each other. I would kind of like look out of the corner of my eye and be like, I'm closer to her face. I'm going to kiss her goodnight first and run out of the room. Because whoever was left last answered all of the hard questions. <laughs> you know, it was hours before I'd see him sometimes. But that's when the kids are communicating and we need to make ourselves available, investing time. This, mean, this might mean, moms, that we have to change our schedule. We have to cancel some things that we have planned to do. In, investing our time in our kids is a one-time shot, right? We might not be able to take those classes at the YMCA or, you know, go out with so-and-so, but when we're investing with our kids and we are reordering our a calendar to make a difference in our kids' lives, you will not regret it. I mean, even now, Rick and I, having older kids, we have to plan nap times. Because when our kids want to get together with us, it's usually like, oh, we'll just come over around eight. And we're like, we go to bed at nine. Like, we're not going to have very much fun. So we have to go take a nap. I mean, that's our plan. So right now, we have family mealtimes and birthdays and gatherings and vacations. We're still having to plan to invest in our kids. The third thing, know the season that you're in. And there's a little chart up there. Don't get overwhelmed when you see it. But it, it shows the different ages. The zero to four is discipline years and so forth. You know, if you want to love your kids well, know what season they're in. Don't try to be your kid's friend and love them as a friend when they're getting disciplined because the discipline time 
That's when you're saying your actions equal consequences. Your actions, no, you touched that. I said not to touch that. Now it's time out. You know, you're firm. Then they move on. And training them is like repetition, repetition, repetition. I don't know how many times we said, look people in the eye and say hi. No, 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 come back. Look them in, they said hello. Look people in the eye and say hi. We planned these things purposefully because that was the years that they were in. The coaching years, we weren't hovering parents, but we tried to help them solve problems without solving it for them and giving them a safe place to land when they failed. Like they were in our home still, so this is a safe place where they're going to land and, and feel the consequences but not like suffer too badly. And then the 21 years and up, we pursue them, invest in them, note cards, uh, texting prayers to them, being their biggest cheerleader. Parenting does not come without challenges, but once you know what season you're in, you know how to better love your child. So all of those three things, can't give what you don't have, realize that love takes time, and know the season you're in. I just want to share now, you know, if I were to go back and talk to my 20 to 30-year-old self, I would probably bring a cup of coffee and a pound of dark chocolate. And I would sit down and I'd tell myself three things. The first one would be, relax! I was a little uptight. I was just a little uptight as a person, you know, as a mom. And Rick could verify. I, I just took things way too serious. My fun level, he's the clown. It's like we can't always clown around. We have to be serious. But I realize now, I'd tell myself, chill. Just chill out. It's okay. Your kids are going to be all right. Don't sweat the small stuff. Laugh more, stress less. The second thing I'd say is avoid the comparison trap. You know, Kids do not want mamas that are comparing because they don't, they don't see the things that we see, right? It's easy to fall into that comparison trap where we're like, well, we, own a, we don't own a house. We're renting and they own a house or they have furniture from that upscale store and we go to the thrift store. My kids have not ever taken us to court over any of that stuff. They haven't said, you didn't get us new clothes. You didn't get us the right toy. They never mentioned, in fact, there's a picture of my kids. It's probably the picture that you, it's the latest one of our whole entire family together from last year at my son uh, Greg's wedding. And, you know, I, I'm, we saw them in January of this year to celebrate our Christmas and I said to them, I just thought, this is going to be fun. What gift did mom and dad ever give you that meant the most to you? What do you remember as that Christmas gift? And, you know, I wanted to know, like, what was it? And it got really quiet, and they're all sitting around the living room, and not, not one of them talked. They were all like, hmm. Uh... And they could not think, and I'm thinking to myself, I know we spent money on you. <laughs> I know we spent money on you. And I'm just waiting patiently, though. And then finally one of the kids piped up, and they said, oh, I know, Christmas bread. And I was like, Christmas bread? You, you what? Christmas bread? 
And they were like, yeah. And then they all started like, it was like dominoes. Boom, 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 boom. Christmas bread. We just love Christmas bread and having Christmas bread and coffee and talking and laughing and our morning being really slow. And and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, all this time I could have just made bread. (laughs) Every Christmas we could have just had bread. (laughs) It's like, how crazy is that? They did not mention an outfit. They didn't mention Star Wars, uh, the Lego starship. They didn't mention the piano or the guitar. They did not even mention the puppy that popped out of the box on Christmas Day. Not even the puppy. They mentioned bread. I got this bread recipe as a best ever yeast roll from, uh, from a friend and I used it to like be a filler for my meals when, when our kids were grown up because having five kids, they ate a lot, right? So I'm like, yeah, have as much bread as you want. And one day I flipped the recipe over and I was like, oh my goodness, it has a braided sweet bread on the back with cream cheese and cinnamon and icing. I'm going to try that. So I tried it one year, tried it the next year, and I kept doing it. But but the year that Rick hurt his back, um, we decided to scale everything down and we got a smaller tree and we both said, we're just not doing cookies. We're not making anything like Christmas bread. We're just going to be chill because that's what we're doing. And the kids weren't living in our house. They were all out. And I remember they came over. It was probably a couple days before Christmas. And they were like, you have a small tree. Where's the regular tree? I'm like, well, you weren't here to help put it up. So this is the tree we have. And then they're like, well, we hope you're still making Christmas bread. And I looked at Rick and we just kind of laughed. We're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. And then we had to run to the store and buy all the items to make the bread. So I just want to say it's the memories. You know, don't, don't compare. It's the memories that the kids remember. Three, enjoy every moment. That's what I'd tell myself. Enjoy every moment because it goes by quickly. And I know there's two camps right now. There's the moms that are lamenting that like of the days gone by and how sad they feel, the thing, the times that they miss because their kids are all grown. And then there's the moms that are like in that camp right now. And they're like, enjoy the times. Like I haven't slept in three days or showered in two and there's snot all over my clothes and over my baby and there's throw up in the carpet and you want me to enjoy that? What? Right? Well, so maybe I should change my words and say value your time. Value your time because you won't get it back. And those are really precious, precious moments, even the tough ones. Amen. They are fleeting. That's what I would tell my younger self. But hey, I'm still living. I need to tell myself something now as a mom. What do I need to hear as as a mom here and now? And maybe you're here today, you're my age and older. What do we need to hear? You know what we need to hear? We're still needed. Yes, that's right. We're still needed. Because sometimes the enemy tries to come in and say, well, you raised independent kids and they're living on their own and they don't even text or call you that much. You know, but isn't that what we we raised them to do, to be independent children? And then we're like, we're not needed. But you know how I know I'm needed? Because I still get text messages And my text messages say something like this. What is a brisket and how do you make it? (laughs) Yep. I've gotten other ones too. 
hey, mom, if I left the sauce out all night, now you're talking to an Italian here, right? If I left the sauce out all night, could I still use it the next day or is that going to be bad? What if it had turkey, ground turkey and zucchini in it? The best one I think that we've gotten was an actual like, hey, here's my finger, I cut it, do I need stitches? <laughs> I don't know, FaceTime us, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but that's, you know, those are the funny things, but I know my kids still need me praying for them. They still need our wisdom. And in all seriousness, you know, we're still needed, we're still alive, we're still their parents. I have not lost a chance to love my kids. We moms can still make a difference in our kids' lives, no matter where they are, no matter how they're living, no matter if they say they want us in their life or not, we can still make a difference by our attitudes, our actions, and our words. And we don't need to believe the lie that our time has been diminished, right? The, the second thing is, hey, be fervent in prayer and trust the Holy Spirit. Us older moms, Go into the Word. Pray the Scriptures. Not that the young moms don't need it, but we need to still keep believing that God is going to do what He said He's going to do. The Word is true and alive, and when we pray that Word, it won't come back void. Um, and the biggest thing that somebody told me once is, my kids are going to need a Savior, and it's not me. And that kind of slapped me in the face, because I'm like, yes, they need me. <laughs> but Really, they need God, and they, it's between them and God now. They're adults. It's between them and God. I can influence where I can, but I need to go back to the blueprints and pray the things that I know I can pray and let God help them figure out the rest. The third thing is be intentional. Do things on purpose. Moms, plan to go and meet up with your kids Take that nap, you know. Go and set your alarm in your phone to remember to communicate and call them. If you're, if you're like me, it's like, oh, it's been a month and I haven't even talked to that child. Well, then set some reminders up. That's okay. Uh, invest time. Go on coffee dates. Don't forget to say I love you and hug them. Stay engaged and stay connected and ask even good questions. You know, I, I still, I feel like... <laughs> Some of my kids have jobs that I go, okay, now tell me again for the 17th time. What is it that you do? <laughs> and I listen, and I really try hard to grasp it. But the big thing is, you know, what do we want our kids to communicate and talk about when, when it's five years from now? What do we want our kids to tell about us and our relationship five, 10, 20 years from now. And I'm not looking for accolades. I don't think moms were looking for like that kind of like, oh, in 20 years they're gonna say how wonderful I was. But I really want to be investing. When I think like this, it makes me want to invest in the today, in the here, in the now. So uh, lastly, I have a picture of a diamond ring and it is not anybody's diamond ring that I know, but I know my daughter and daughter-in-law received diamonds when they were engaged a couple of years ago. And, you know, no one ever looked at their diamond and went, oh, that's awful. There's so many flaws in that. Not a one, you know. 
Nobody, I mean, they didn't even walk around saying, yeah, it's a diamond, but it has some flaws. You know, it's not the greatest. No, they were ecstatic because it, it was in, you know, sparkling and beautiful and shiny. And, you know, the fact is, in reality, in the world, only 1% of diamonds do not have flaws. And the rest, the rest are pretty flawed, okay? So if you're in that 1%, Let's get to know one another. <laughs> but those rings, those are set like in on someone's hand. And when people look at that, they don't, they don't mention the flaws. They just mention how beautiful the rings look, right? They don't, they don't say, oh, those flaws are just terrible. The diamonds have flaws, but they're there. They're, when they're in the right setting, when the light hits them, they shine and shimmer. And that's like us, we women. We women are in the right families. We were placed in the right setting. God has given us the ability to shine when his light hits us, when we put ourselves in the word, when we put ourselves around other sisters who help us walk correctly. We shine like never before. And we need to reflect God's love, right? And that, you know, if you look at yourself... You need to count yourself as a diamond in God's eyes. He made you the right cut. He made you the right size and shape. He made you the right color. And he even has given you a certificate, a stamp of approval that says you are his. And there isn't anything wrong with you. Amen. He made you the right mama for your kids. So moms, spiritual moms... God has chosen and entrusted you with your children. And he's designed you to be, to be their parent. And you have a choice to make. And I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling and if you sat here through this message and you're bothered by anything, this, this should be bringing you closer to, to God and not further away. All you need to do, if you're struggling with something, is ask him to forgive you for for whatever you've done in your past that, that is sitting there right in front of you and trying to remind you that you're a failure because he will forgive you for those things. And then you can move on, stay in the light, and keep reflecting his love. So would you stand with me as I close us out in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that... that um, there are so many women here today, and you know all of our hearts, and that you have set us in the right places. God, that you have given us all that we need according to your riches and glory. And I just pray that we would continue to walk, allowing you to build us. And if we haven't been allowing you to build us as that master builder, that we would repent and say, come now and, and begin today, because today is a new day that we would be the wise women who build our houses and not foolish women that tear those houses down. I pray that you'd set us around other godly women to encourage us and strengthen us in all that we need to do and say. And God, I thank you that you're ministering to hearts and you're speaking life to each one of us, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.